Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. It's my left arm down my beard. I still look like Chewbacca because I got a big unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the best part of those movies. So Chewbacca's the best part of those movies? Yes. <laughs> like, are we not friends anymore? Really comes from R2-D2. He says so much with a single beep. No, I'm we're, I'm done. We're out. Okay. <laughs> so this podcast is, has ended before Excuse it starts. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Because Money. Uh, we're going to be mainly talking about Star Wars and who the best character is today. But we have with us Avraham. Buyers, and we're thrilled to have you along with Sandy Martin and John Robertson. And today we're going to talk about cash flow, among a whole bunch of other things. And I assume a lot of beard questions. I have so many beard questions, and I'm glad that we're just kind of getting to that right off the top. Because Sandy sent me your um, your site a couple of weeks ago, and it's awesome. Thank by the you. way, like I think I told you that in my email, but it's just great, and it's just. Your beard is featured in a in a in a wonderful way, and why shouldn't it be? Right, right. But, I'm, I'm 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 a beardo. <laughs> Abraham also promised many many a cheesy joke. We've had a couple before we started recording, and that's the first one while we've been going. And uh, so count along from at home. <laughs> It'll be perfect. We need a dinger, dinger, ding, ding. We'll add that in post. <laughs> <laughs> Add it in post. See if we can put a counter up in the corner. <laughs> that's you. That's all you. Yeah, that's all me. I'll I'll, I'll work on that one. But um, no, seriously, your stuff is great. And you know, beard aside, but kind of the beard as an indicative thing. It, it, there's a lot. What you do now is not what you were doing before, and that's a classic story in finance in general. But. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about kind of, oh, your origin story, your Chewbacca style origin story. <laughs> my Chewbacca story. So yeah, so so basically my origin was I was raised as a uh, Catholic boy in Mississauga and I became a Jewish boy in Bathurst and Wilson. And awesome. uh, and uh, truth be told is that when I was, when I was growing up, um, I was terrible at a, at a lot of things. Um, but, uh, and one of them was money. I was terrible with money terrible with money terrible you know and um and but you know then i thought you know like uh i gotta get my handle on these things you know i gotta you know the phone is ringing there's lots of people trying to call me and trying to like collect money from me because i owe tons of money to a lot of people and i actually pulled the plug out of the wall and i couldn't the even phone pay, the phone yeah because i literally couldn't answer the phone anymore and because like, like the bank people calling you is nice right they're actually nice like uh mr Byers. Can you please pay us your money that you owe us? I'm like, um, not really. I I can't afford it right now because I'm irresponsible, <laughs> and, uh, and I have no no plan, no system on how to do it, so I can't pay you. And then it goes to collections, and they say stuff like, "Mr. Buyers, I think you have to buy yourself some responsibility." And ding, ding right? <laughs> That's not my ding. That's their ding. They ding that on me. And so when I heard that my message, I literally pulled the phone out of the wall. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. Finished. And uh, I went into hiding for a long time. Didn't uh, didn't like admit my uh, financial failures. 
for a while. On the outside, it looked cool, like a cool cucumber. You know, I was like, I was dressed nice, looking really good. In Mississauga still, Mississauga. And, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, but it hit rock bottom, you know? Like, I think everybody sort of hits a rock bottom. I hit my rock bottom, and it was like, you know, I didn't have any credit cards left. You know, I couldn't get anything. couldn't get a cell phone, nothing. I was, I was a young guy. I was like early, like, you know, like maybe late teens, early 20s when all this happened. <clears throat> you know the way it works, right? And you go to college, you have a credit card, 500 bucks, yeah. right? You're like, yeah, credit card, 500 bucks. It means I could handle this, right? Yeah. But then they started raising my limits to 1000 and then yeah. to 1500 then to yep. three thousand dollars, and next thing you know, it's like maxed out like like three two hundred bucks, which doesn't sound like a lot of money these days to me. But when you're in college, like first year college, and you have like three two hundred bucks of debt, and they start calling you, and like you're not making no payments because you're just like, like out to lunch with those things. Yeah, like forget it, you know. Like I'm like I'm done with this, and so I hit rock bottom. I had to figure out a way to get out, and that's what I did basically. And and um, and the crazy thing was. Was that when I was in college, I was working at the same time as a financial advisor. That's, That's like what I was part of asking because you mentioned that on your site is that you kind of had this outside face of being the financial advisor, having it all together, but the other side was pulling the phone out of the wall. Yeah, well, it's like the the you can't reach the financial advisor phone. You know, I pulled it out of the wall. I can only call you from the payphone. <laughs> when they had payphones, you could maybe use my beeper. You could beat me if you want, but but I can't. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I couldn't call you. But anyways, yeah. So you couldn't call me. But that's that's you know, call my office. But that's about it. But my home line, it was it was not happening. I had a pile of bills on my desk. I remember, like, I remember, like, I was like, I can't handle this. Like, I'm done with this. I yeah, I'm, I'm a financial mess. At the same time, people are coming to me. I'm getting advice on people's portfolios for a million dollars. You know, I was yeah. a licensed financial advisor, and dispensing all this great advice, um, which was really good advice. But my own finances were a mess, a mess. Well, that, that's kind of, that's a really interesting thing. And I think that it kind of, it harkens back to kind of a, a shades of gray within the issue. It's not, because we always talk about financial literacy being a big part of the problem, a big part of the solution. And the idea that people just need to know more. But it's more than that, right? Like you can know what the right answer is supposed to be, but there's, there's a gap there. There's, there's something that people can know, and you clearly knew kind of what the right things to do were, and yet it's not that simple. Like, it must have felt a little strange to be like, yep, this is the right thing to do, and then go home and have that not be, you know, not be what your life was built around. Right. It's like the formula is simple for losing weight, isn't it? Like, you yeah. know, you intake less calories than you burn, and you lose weight. If you yeah. intake more calories and you burn, you gain weight. It's a simple yeah. formula. And everybody can sort of say, okay, I need 2,000 calories. And, you know, but the bottom line is there's the behavior gap. 100%. So, 100%. So that's got to be like the next thing that I found so interesting kind of about the way you've, you've positioned yourself and the way you market yourself and the, and the work that you're doing is that you're, um, I'm not even sure, you don't call yourself a financial advisor, you call yourself a financial coach or a financial financial trainer like a personal trainer like a personal fitness trainer but for your finances you know like hans and franz yeah (laughs) i'm gonna call that i'm gonna call that a half ding hans and franz (laughs) deserve a rest a reference whenever they can no and but i find it so interesting because i i love i totally agree with you that cash flow is something that's often skipped over it's that idea they say People will say, oh, yeah, and you should spend less than you earn. And once you have a good budget, then we can talk about all the rest of the things. But then they'll talk about all the rest of the things. And 
you kind of leave out this really important step that is a lot of people are struggling with. And it's the same thing that I really struggled with. And so you're really putting yourself out there and saying, I just want to help you work on that first step, that cash flow, that budget, that kind of whatever you want to call it. This is what I do. This is the first step. Well, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word budget, like, like it's yeah. like, ugh, it makes me want to like, you know, hug the toilet. It's terrible. Like, like, like I don't want to start like, you know, um, reusing my cellophane or like how to like turning my like egg cartons into pillows and stuff like that. Like I'm not into that stuff. You know, I want to, I want to be normal. I don't want to yeah. be like this cheapo because yeah. I'm not like that. I'm not built to be a cheapo. I'm built yeah. to be a normal guy who's going to drive a normal car, live yeah. in a normal house and eat normal food and spend stuff on normal things. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the challenge. The challenge is, is, is how do you budget without having to, you know, squeeze yourself into that cheapo state and become somebody that you're not. And uh, I'll throw just a, just a normal kind of misconception so that you can speak on it a little bit. Cause a lot of people believe that if they just make more money, that will solve the problem. Like the, the problem is that, you know, budgets and that kind of thing, that's for people that aren't making a lot and are really kind of struggling, if they just make more and wherever you're at, if you just make more, that will solve this problem. But that's not always the case. Right. So right. You know, what would you say to, to that kind of, that kind of hope that a lot of people have uh, that that problem will be fixed just by, just by increasing income? Well, you know, if you think about it, even um, yourself and depends how old you are, but if you think about it as a 40 year old or a 50 year old, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, you had the same thing. I just got to make more money. And probably now you are making more money. So if you're making more money now and you're in the same place or even worse off, then like what's going on over here? Obviously, the making money thing doesn't really work. And, you know, for example, I have, I've dealt with people that, you know, have made really good income, you know, um, seven figure income, you know, that's major, major money, serious, serious dollars. But at the same time, they have serious debt at the same time. And, you know, it's, it's not really about making the money. Now, I, I do believe, I should mention, that there is a threshold, there is a number yeah. that, you know, that if you make below that number, it's really tough. It's, to budget, it's really difficult. Yeah. And maybe your goal is, is, is to go above that number to earn more money. That is maybe that challenge. But I'm not going to talk about, um, you know, people that need to make more money. I want to talk about people that are already making Totally good money, but for some reason it's just not working out. Then a day, you know, the money's just going poof. Like, yeah. whoa! Like, what happened to it? Like, I should have thousands left over every month, yeah. but I have like nothing. So, how do you fix that problem? Yeah, I think that that's the perfect question. How do you fix that problem? It's a great question because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a question that that's the big question that your your whole practice is built around. That kind of what do you do? How do you help somebody do that? Right? Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and so I create this, this concept called your magic number. It's yeah. the easiest thing possible, but to explain to you in simple terms, basically imagine this, imagine every day I say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to Chris's house. That's you, Chris, or, or Sandy it could be anybody. Right. But I'm going to go to one of your, it's far. I'm so much, you know, you know what though, you know, you know, I wouldn't mind driving to 400 every day. I like that drive. There you go. If you get to add the DVP on top of it, it's way better. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know the joke by the way here here in toronto you know the joke is uh one time there is a uh, a guy and uh he just came to toronto from another city and he says i don't understand one thing over here he said you have something called a parkway and something called a driveway but on the parkway you're like driving and on the driveway you're parking i don't get it really and somebody said to him, no, 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 you haven't been here long enough, sir. You have to understand that really you do park in the parkway and you do drive in the driveway. <laughs> so, so yeah, so back to our, our question of, um, of me going to Sandy or your house or anybody's house, yeah. you know, I'm going to your house, right? The idea is I ring your doorbell every single day. Ding dong, put something in for that. Make a, a ding dong there. Ding dong, right? And who's there? Avram's here. Right? And what does he have? I have $150 cash for you in my hand. And I'm going to give that to you every day. So in the morning, you're, you know, I don't know, Chris, what do you eat in the morning? Cheerios? Wheat, I, wheat, Wheaties? I'm, I'm on like a, a fruit salad for, for breakfast every morning. Grapefruit and oranges and a little bit of um, citrus diet. Some vegetable. I've, I've gone European. European. Yeah. Wow. Okay, fine. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So, so, so European. So you're a European guy. So I travel to you and I give you your 150 euros every day and i drop it off right and you say oh thank you avram or avraham whichever you want to call my name and i say okay that's awesome there you go thank you so much and i i scoot back and i and i scoot back to my house the next morning though you're having your fruit salad again and i scoot over to your house and i knock on your door ring your doorbell and you open the door who is it yes it's avraham avraham or avram and i give you 150 euros again or 150 bucks, whatever you want to call it, right? And you get that, you're like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Now, the whole goal is that you know every day I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you the $150 or euros, yeah. whatever you prefer. I take the euros, it's worth a lot more. But but take the 150 take something, right? <laughs> yeah. And you get that. And the main thing is, if you don't spend, if you only spend $100 that day, it means you still got 50 yeah. bucks in your wallet. And I drop yeah. off another 150 every single day. And you let it build and build and build and get bigger and bigger. So that's the idea of your magic number. It's simply, it's magical because Auburn will go to your house and give it to you every day. It's amazing. It's like magic. Poof. But, 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 the, um, but the real thing is, though, is that people always ask me, Avram, just tell me what I need to spend and I'll spend that. In other words, give me my financial sandbox and I'll play in it. Yeah. Although as a kid... I always used to get the sand and throw it out. Like, you know, my parents are like, no, no, don't throw it out. I'm like, Yee! throwing out all the sand, you know, the sandbox, you get really empty it all into the grass. But, um, but yeah, so, don't so do that. this metaphor, we're not talking about that. We're talking about no. a standard. You can eat it. You can do whatever else you want with the sandbox, but it's got to stay in the sandbox. You got to stay in the sandbox. Exactly. So that's your financial sandbox, basically. And, um, and basically, it's just a number. It's, it's a daily number that you get. And there's a big difference between daily weekly and monthly i should mention yeah you know, the idea of having like a, a monthly um oh by the way uh a special uh little uh, uh announcement you could download the ebook at yourmagicnumber.com you could, you could put like some sort of music around that if you want oh i'm but, I'm, um, I'm so excited about sound effects now we'll have another like i'll just keep them myself you can even start off with like like a star wars theme and that's not it that's like the uh the things going back i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> I could sing no, my CRM. We don't have money for Disney lawyers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We no, now start off uh, with, with THX. I love that sound. The THX. <laughs> you do that because that is way better than anything out there. 
That's true. That's like guaranteed anybody's going to listen after that sound. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, oh, this has to be good. And then it goes to the podcast like, oh, what's that all about? No, but. (laughs) Fair. Uh, No, but seriously, like, like the way that I sort of viewed is that, um, yeah. So, so the real, and how you figure out that number is also easy peasy. You know, the way to figure out the number is so simple. What you do, it takes like maybe, maybe, maybe an hour of your time. That's it to set this whole thing up. It's really yeah. simple. You take your net income. That's like the money that you make after taxes, right? Yeah. After you take, after you get that number, you subtract all your fixed expenses, you know, things yeah. that are like, you know, your hydro bill, your, um, uh, your, your taxes for your house or your apartment or condo, um, insurances, yeah. so on and so forth. And uh, what you also want to take off is other expenses as well. Um, there are expenses like uh, unexpected expenses that you sort of pop over there you know, as well. Um, and, and consider all those fixed expenses. Now, the rule of thumb that I call a fixed expense is things that you don't take your wallet out for, typically speaking, yeah. except for unexpected expenses, because they're just so big sometimes that if I give 150 bucks every day, and then you get dinged at the car repair for a thousand bucks, it'll yeah. kill you. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, like totally toasted, right? So the idea is that you sort of subtract all those off of it so you get your annual net income take off yeah. all of your annual fixed expenses and then from there what you have left is your magic number for the year right yeah. you divide that by 365 and then you get your daily your magic number basically which is your daily amount that you can spend on anything you want guilt-free because you know that all that stuff's taken care of already um, including retirement savings, which is also yeah. quote unquote a fixed expense, including debt repayment if you have any debt, put yeah. that up there as well. And that's how it works, basically. No, I like that. And I think that I really like what you're saying that a lot of people just want, and I felt this way too, specifically recently when I was looking to up my fitness level a little bit. And I was just looking out and I was being like, I just want rules to follow. Somebody give me some rules, tell me what to do, and I'll just do them. I just, I just need to know what to do and I'll, I'll be fine. So that's really what you're saying. You're saying, okay, we're going to make sure that all the stuff that needs to be covered is covered. And then we're going to hand you what's left so that you don't have to think at all. You can blow it on whatever you want. You can keep it in a jar. You can spend it every day. It's totally fine. But you know, it kind of clearly cuts the rules so that you know what you can do. Right? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So my question would be, and I, I was reading this and I love the way, you know, I'll half plug the ebook too it's really simple it really guides you through everything and it's not one of these ebooks that like you feel like it has the first half and it's like well the rest of it you know it's like it's everything you need to get your magic number to think through things it's all there and it gives you the tools that you need to do that but um the one question i had and you were talking about so you have this magic number this daily magic number 150 dollars you talked about using cash how's the actual practicality of you getting that money and kind of keeping track of that money. I'm not a big cash guy. So I do mainly, I expend mainly on credit. Um, is there, do you recommend cash or how do you kind of talk to clients and people about how to use that magic number kind of practically from day to day? I feel like I'm the only guy that recommends not only using cash that I think okay. that, that, that being normal, right. Is having a credit yeah. card using a credit card. Um, yeah you know, it's convenient, you know, I don't know, try to pay for parking. I guess you can still pay with parking without a credit card, but there's like, Sometimes. I don't know, can you have a cell phone without a credit card? 
I don't know, maybe, is that possible? I don't know. But I, I whatever it is, sure. it's it's try renting a car without a credit card. That stuff, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. So a credit card is definitely what I call convenient. It's more of a convenience card if you're not using credit on it. But, you know, so the way that I have it at the end of the ebook, another plug, ding, ding, is that is that there's a, uh, a sheet to, to actually calculate your match number. And then on top of that, there's a tracker. Now, yeah. I believe really in pen and paper, yeah. you know, tracking. Now, this is actually um, an iPen. So it's not really more like more like this, like that. <laughs> right. And so and so use pen and paper. I believe pen and paper beats apps any day. And there's yeah. a tracker at the back. So basically, it's simply at the top of the tracker, if you can imagine, you have a number, let's say it's 150. And let's say you filled up the gas for, I don't know, 50 bucks, right? Yeah. That's all you did. So literally, you write in there, you, you get your wallet out, and you, you stuff the receipt in your wallet. When you come home from work or whatever your daily routine is, come home, you take out the receipt or receipts. And most people have like three, four receipts. So this shouldn't take yeah. you more than 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes every day, like nothing major. You just get your, your pen, right? And you write down gas, um, you know, 50 bucks, and then transfer over that 100 to your next day. Because I'm knocking again on your door again, knocking, knocking. Auburn's coming for another 150 bucks. Yeah. And that the next month you have. So if you have, here's the math, guys. Let's see who's going to get it first, right? You spent, you have 150 at the beginning of the day. You spend 50. How much do you have left? 83.71. Yeah, you are good. I nailed it, right? If if you, well, if, I was doing the euro to Canadian dollar um, <laughs> uh, math, the conversion based on the average of the last month and and prorated forward for what I expect the markets to do. Bond yields. Yeah, I, bond I, think, yields. I, I think I think I think everybody I think that Chris deserves a quarter ding for that, guys. A quarter <laughs> ding for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you have a hundred bucks left, right, at the end of the day. Yeah, and you carry that over to the next day, so you got two fifty, right? The one fifty plus one fifty that come with plus a hundred bucks is left over. Yeah, I give the analogy of bringing cash because it's easy, but you can use debit card, you can use your credit card, you could even use your Discover card if you want. Whoa. Wait, but what about Diners Club? Oh, Diners Club. <laughs> yes. You know, as a joke, I ask people sometimes, you guys take the inner Diners Club? They're like, what is that? <laughs> I like, there has to be somebody that still takes it, right? Somebody like, or does the Diners Club, is that gone now? Is that finished? Are they? I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, I'm I have to get somebody to take them all. Every yeah, exactly. <laughs> so every time somebody comes to me and is like, "Oh, I got this Amex. It's got amazing points." I'm like, "Yeah, that's great. I can't spend it anywhere around my house, so those points mean nothing." But you know, it's awesome that you have it. Um, hopefully, your grocery store is different than mine. <laughs> yeah, the no frills doesn't really take the, the the Amex. No, and they don't even take Visa anymore, right? No, they're uh, they anyway. Do, whatever. Anyways, yeah. So where's, what where's, I was going to ask where's you? Our, where's our thing at the bottom says we're not affiliated to any of this stuff? Like we need something like a roll tape on the bottom, like warning, warning. You know, this is this is great. I have all of the direction for editing this. It's just built in. I know exactly what I need to do. So what I find interesting, um, and this is something that I I really believe too, is that the hard work of this is not the setting your number. It's not the figuring out how much you need to do daily. There's a little bit of work there. You know, whether you're helping somebody do that or whether somebody's doing it on their own, the hard work of this, and, and you talk about this on your site too, and, and in, in your ebook, it's, it's the behavior side. It's the habit side. It's the, we know what we need to do to be healthy. 
We know what we need. If you have this system, this financial sandbox, it's really just about playing in it. It's just about actually, and doing that tracking that you're saying, whether it takes 10 or 15 minutes a day or not, there's a ton of things that I could accomplish if I only did them for 10 minutes a day. And yet I do none of them. So how do you um, help people build up positive behaviors or what can people do on their own to make these habits work and not just talk about how they're a good idea? Right. So one one great idea is is coupling or triggering behaviors with behaviors. So what I mean by that is if you have, um, let's say for example, you're like, okay, I wash dishes every night before I go to bed, or um, that's let's call it washing dishes, right? So what you might want to do is you might want to couple this with that, saying, okay, I can't handle having a messy kitchen when I wake up in the morning. I know I gotta do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have that binder that I'm going to write my match number tallies in every day. I'm going to put that right by in the kitchen so that before I do my dishes, I'm going to track my magic number and that will give me permission to then do my dishes. That's one idea. The, um, the other idea is, is that you could set up maybe like a stick contract with a buddy, right? Or hmm. with, uh, well, it's kind of hard with a buddy, but I would do it. They do with me like stick contracts, for example. Somebody set up a stick. You know what stick contracts is? Anybody I don't know stick contract, no. Okay, so stick contract is is the coolest thing invented by behavioral um, economics. They they basically what they did is they um, they felt that the the well they know that the uh, pain of uh, of loss is much greater than the gain of pleasure, right? Yeah. So for example, if you like say like okay, um, you know Sandy, you know what I'm gonna do for you is 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 a, oh no, you know Chris, what I want you to do for me every day is I want you to uh, sing me um, uh, Mona Lisa. And if you see me Mona Lisa, um, I'll give you 10 bucks every day if you see me Mona Lisa. So that's the behavior. That's about $10 more that's than your average singer gets for singing anything. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so then I say to you, okay, that's one motivator. <laughs> that's one motivator. So, so let's say, for example, I say, Chris, I'm going to, um, if you don't sing Mona Lisa for me, I'm going to take 10 bucks in your wallet. Yeah. Right? The, the $10 in your wallet is a bigger motivator um, statistically than if I gave you 10 bucks or something because you feel like you're losing something, right? Yeah. Um, that's why everybody pays off their mortgage because they're afraid they're going to lose their house, right? Mm. That's, that's one of the ideas. So the, the, the idea of loss. So what they do is they take that science and that behavioral um, science and what they do is they uh, couple that with, 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 with something called a stick contract. What a stick contract is, is they put some money on the line and then you choose what they call an anti-charity. An anti-charity basically is something that you hate um, uh, I'm not political over here, but I actually called them up and asked them what the most popular anti-charity you could choose is, and they told me it's a George Bush library. Okay. That's what they told me. So, so, uh, so basically, what you do is you choose something that you don't that you don't agree with, you don't like, and if you forfeit what you're going to do, so whether it be doing ten jumping jacks a day, or singing Mona Lisa to Avraham, or tracking your magic number, yeah. then what you do is you um, you lose that money that goes to that anti-charity that you don't want that money to go to which is like even worse than like giving to like a friend right or you could choose a foe somebody you don't like and you can actually make that money go to the person you don't like so like the person that you don't even like is like why am i getting all these checks from chris like what's all this money coming to me from from chris it's probably the best way to turn somebody who you don't like and and who doesn't like you into a friend magic in so many ways Right. So, to have like little motivators like that, like to like to like to attach, you know, your tracking 
to yeah. something that you're currently doing that you really want to do and you don't yeah. give yourself permission to do it until you track. Um, another thing is that you um, you could do like a stick contract, which is like stick, I think, with two Ks, S-T-I-C-K-K.com. Okay. Um, that is not affiliated to me either. But you could do that for anything. They have weight loss, people quitting smoking, um, you know, exercise, whatever it might be. That's all in there. And they have like millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line, like millions. I'm not sure yeah. what's up to now, but last time I checked, it was like $7 million on the line at one point. Wow. And, uh, all people. And, it, and, and it, statistically, it works a lot better. They th- I think they say it's two or three times better. You know, some study out there said that. Interesting. <laughs> That's very much like John's evil genius idea. We, were, we did an episode about financial change at the beginning of the year. And John was like, well, you just set up an email like on a timer to send to like all of your family and tell them kind of what a huge failure you are if you don't do this. <laughs> there you go. See? It's from the same behavioral studies. Oh. <laughs> oh, we all read the same behavioral studies. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the, the specificity of quoting. And like it says in behavioral studies. <laughs> Coastal elites. Yeah. Coastal elites. <laughs> That's interesting though. And it's, I didn't realize, you know, I'd heard about that kind of thing before, but I just didn't, I didn't actually know where to find them. So it's stick.com with two Ks. Two Ks. Yeah. Two Ks.com. Another thing is, is you could um, get your spouse on board. Yeah. That's a big one, by the way. If you have a spouse yeah. on board, they hold you accountable a little more. And, and especially if your spouse is more into it, you know, finance is like a three-legged race, right? If you hadn't done the three-legged race, you know, yeah. it's, it's almost <laughs> as cool as potato sack racing, but, uh, but they taught, you know, basically anybody who has done three-legged racing, yeah, yeah. Anybody who has not done three-legged racing, basically what you do is there's two people, um, you stand side by side, and that um, middle leg that you're connecting with, you tie a rope around it, and you try to run and win the race. But the truth is with finances is if one of you falls down, the other one also falls down. That's just the way it works. But if you have two people that are that are in tandem and say, let's go, let's do it, and they're really doing a good job at it, then um, then you win. So the idea is, is that you and your spouse come together at the table and around a system. Now, it doesn't have to be your magic number system. I just think that's the easiest system out there. Yeah. Um, that's my personal opinion. But if you guys find, if anybody finds a system that's yeah. easy for them, that's the main thing is yeah. to find something that you both agree with, say, like, oh, this makes complete sense to both of us. Let's do it. And, uh, and, and, and the last thing you could do is you could hire somebody to help you out with that. Yeah. So when people hire you, when people hire you, like when you're working with clients and something happens and they have, for whatever reason, I'm sure that you're, you don't let your clients do this, but let's say they just kind of stop with the tracking for a while and they just feel, they have that sense of personal failure. And now I'm really confused. And where do I start? Like what, how do you get them back to just like, look, let's just get back to the simple tracking magic number system. Right. So I have, I have lots of good ammunition for that, such as like pull off my thumb trick to get them back in the comical moment of, of me. But, but beyond the, the pull at the thumb trick, um, basically you can't, you know, when it comes down to people, m- most people, most normal people out there don't want to be yelled at. Yeah. We all fail. I've failed so many times at so many things I've done in my life, <laughs> right? But the main thing is, and seriously, the main thing is, is not to beat yourself up to the point where you can't get back up. You know, talk to yourself to the point where you're like, okay, that'll motivate you. But a lot of times we literally like beat ourselves up more than anybody would ever say anything. Like nobody would ever say anything to us like we say to ourselves. And it's the worst thing we could do. Like we said, okay, I failed. It's over. I'm never going to do this. I'm a failure. I'm going to, I'm never, like I thought my whole life 
I was going to be a financial failure, failure, honestly. I really thought that. I believe that 100%. That I was never going to nail this financial thing ever. Even when I was a financial advisor, I'm like, I'm just doomed to be like this, right? But I had to stop talking and beating myself up to such a point that I had to get real and say, this is not helping me out. Like this, this way of talking to myself has to be uplifted. I have to talk to myself. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm Tony Robbins all day saying, yeah. you can do it. You're awesome. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking like that. You know, yeah. what I'm talking about is like realistic things. Okay, listen, you messed up. Okay, you know what that means? That means that you're human. It means that, that you're human and that's okay. What's not okay is just to sit on the floor and beat yourself up so you feel bad about yourself even more and put yourself in this vicious cycle. No, the main thing is to get yourself back up. So I use like cheesy jokes to do that for people like a little bit. You know, I talk to them like from heart to heart. You know, just say, listen, you know, I get it. I've done it myself. You know, one of the worst things that could happen is, is some financial guy or girl going out there and just uh, saying like, hey, you know, just do this, do that. But they're from like the, you know, ivory tower. They've never done it before in their life. Like they're just giving this advice. And, and I'm not going to say any advice, but whatever it is, um, the advice that people give is just like, you've, I know you've never done this before. I know you've never, you've never felt what's like to, to actually fail with your finances. You don't know what that feels like. You know how yeah. embarrassing it is um, that, that I have this, like, that I look great and I feel like really happy outside, but really over top of me always is a cloud with thunder and rain pouring down on me. And it can be the sunniest day in Los Angeles. And I'm still running around drenched, soaking with water, feeling terrible. And the goal is, is not to ignore like I did before, like just ignore stuff and let your buy your pills, yeah. your, your pills. Oh boy, I need a pill. You need, <laughs> like your bills, your bills pile up and like, and like pulling your phone out of the, out of the socket. Like that's not going to work. What you have to do is, is say, listen, okay, this is a situation that I'm in. I just got to fix it. And that's it. And I just got to do step number one and put one front in front of the other and just do it. And that's it. And, and, and yeah. you're going to fail and know when you start anything, that it's not going to be smooth and know from the get-go that you're going to have some failures along the way yeah. and be realistic about it. Don't beat yourself up because you can't. No, that's basically the perfect thing. And that's like the perfect thing for anybody to hear who's just starting out is specifically if, it, if they're in the stage that you're talking about, just feeling really control kind of that cash flow level and just think not knowing what happens and just reminder that you're human, you're going to mess up. It's rocky and weird for a while and the less you can judge that and the less you can waste energy beating yourself up on beating up on yourself the better that's that's awesome and i think that a great place to start for anybody who's in that situation is with your ebook i think it's awesome uh that they can download it at yourmagicnumber.com yourmagicnumber.com um yeah i i really loved it and um, I think that anybody who's who's looking for help should should really should really give it a try. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming in uh, and chatting about cash flow today. That yeah, was... you guys are awesome. You guys are. This is so much fun. Can we do this every day? <laughs> this is what I'll make you bring 150 euros. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, 150. <laughs> that's 197.34. That's a maintenance. No. Okay. Quarter ding. <laughs> ding. I've got a half a ding. Avram's got about seven to ten dings. So, you know, I think we'll leave it there and my uh my loss will only go to educate me further. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Can um, I play one joke before before we leave? Just one joke. You have That's to. the perfect place. Okay, fine. So, so, um, so what? Um, maybe I told this to Sandy. So, Sandy, pretend you never heard it before. Okay. Okay. So, what did what did the custodian say when he jumped out of the closet? I don't know. What did the custodian say when he jumped out of the closet? Oh, you're so good, Sandy. <laughs> Any guesses? Of course uh, not. No. <laughs> I fail at all guesses. Supplies. Let's do a seal clap, everybody. Seal clap. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involves no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.